What's up, everyone? This is V, a.k.a. Vernon English. You catch me in the mix of, you know, recording my podcast in, uh, you know, Mark Marin style. What do you call this? My, my garage in L.A.? <laughs> Shouts out to Pasadena and uh, any other... No. <laughs> And, um, you know, if Rockstar Energy Drinks wants to uh, endorse any of my comings and goings, uh, Red Bull, uh, any energy drink for that matter, uh, Monster Energy Drinks, uh, I think, what is this, uh, Starbucks Energy Drinks, any energy drink, I know that it's like, cre- nah, I know it's a lot of things that you put in your drinks. But uh, if you span it out over like a month, and I swear to you, it'll be like a coffee. And it will have you bouncing off of the wall in the best way possible. So yes, any energy drinks in the area who want to sponsor my podcast, Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds, and my book, which you can find on Amazon. You can also find me on Instagram. You can also find me on multi-platforms, working on different projects. Yes, please do. Uh, send me an email. Uh, you can find that at theenglish157 at gmail. But, I mean, I got multiple emails. You can send it to one of them. Tell my assistant. We'll handle it. <laughs> so, needless to say, I have a lot to say. And please understandably so, I am quite cognizant of it being like, oh, well, he's talking to himself again. No. No, please. I... That, that's only one part of the physical that, you know, is a multi-layer of sandwiched effects. But also, I'm speaking to you, whoever this is that's listening on whatever platform. And uh, in real time, whether you're listening in your car, whether you're listening on a, what do you call this, a plane, whatever. Uh, you are important when it comes to writing. So, as a writer, I want to impart just some part of this inspiration and and not to overemphasize saying part but (laughs) please don't nah see i was going to say one of my like hilarious jokes that only other people will be like black will understand like putting a part in your hair but anyway um (laughs) this is a part of that podcast series too so I, i basically go through the ins and outs of writing and how fun it is, and then how it looks like, proverbially, me doing absolutely nothing and being myself, but then how I matched that and, you know, culminated that and and gathered myself and my energy so that I'm never bored and that I'm always, you know, surrounding myself with the things that I love. There's one artist, and uh, he's a rapper, and he was basically saying that the way that he looks at inspiration is very different than the way other people uh, do it. And for myself, I, I looked at it and I investigated this and I meditated on what he said because he's a very, you know, a genius person and a very smart person, obviously. And he was basically saying that, you know, every person that comes with a wave, you know, think of yourself as a grain of sand on a beach and the ocean and look at all the creativity that's out there and how it always comes in waves or it comes in these different cycles. You look at the currents 
And if something looks similar to something that he's seen in the past, but it's packaged differently, you know, that's essentially something that's new. And he accepts that. And if it goes back, you know, and then lose this, this momentum, but then once again, it goes back into this creativity and then comes back repackaged, but then sounds different and looks different again, then he's accepting of this new rendition of whatever that is. And I'm essentially the same way, but I look at it totally different, but I, I utilize that analogy when it comes to these things and fruitions. Another great artist whom I attribute and say that she's like my auntie, I've talked about her many, many times before, and if I was, you know, <laughs> a Jewish kid, like she would definitely be my aunt. <laughs> Honorary aunt for whatever side of the family, I don't know, I would find, you know, Ancestry.com to just like put her name <laughs> somewhere along the line as, you know, somebody in my family because she speaks so much truth and she's unapologetic about it. And as a writer, you got to have some gusto, you got to have some gumption and exceptionally if you're going to be a writer in New York. Uh, that's where a large concentration of these writers are, not mentioning the collegiate who, you know, sit around and also write their, you know, dissertations and non, uh, including, you know, side projects and things like this. But just uh, the largest I think of as a concentration of places, obviously here on the West Coast, you'll find a lot of writers here too. But there it's a, almost to an elite standard that is being held and always has been, you know, since I can remember of thinking of, you know, New York and being a writer and how people have these publishing houses. And, you know, she basically being from her era uh, before my own in the 70s uh, had wit. You know, she came to New York and under the presumption that that was where she would fit in. And she inevitably did and etched her way in history with her wit <laughs> and so she's basically saying um and this ties into you know fads and you know trends and she's like oh well trendsetter this fad fad that but it's always been from the elite standpoint and this is not to you know say this is mediocre or this is uh something that you should pay attention to she always said that not always but you can find it on the internet and look at this documentary to basically confirm it, but I paraphrase and say that uh, speaking in a certain voice will give you said voice, right? So if you speak in a youthful tone, you are known for speaking in said youthful tone. Now, obviously you are going to change from the time you wrote that said youthful tone to the next piece that you have. So by default, your voice will have changed and your message. <laughs> Which is why, you know, either you stick with children's books or you either, you know, meander around all of these different subjects and, you know, change and develop yourself as an artist. But I always wanted to make that of note, as in whatever you have, you know, and your target audience, there's a thing where you have to, like, think of who you want to reach and why you want to reach these people. But then, like, they're holding you to a standard from the open, the first thing of you opening your mouth into the second word that you say, into the next book that you have, and the fourth book. 
And so my book series, I've always, you know, paid attention to that. And I always wanted it to be a standard of surprise. Okay, so like you, you will be expecting something and you'll read the first book and then you read the second book and they have two different tones and two different cadences. They use two different uh, language, not barriers, but in different ways. And then the third book all together and quite possibly the fourth has a way of interjecting and then utilizing your imagination so that you don't even know what the fifth book is gonna be about. <laughs> like that's one of the cues to make myself not bored at what I was doing, but you as a writer have to find your own way of developing this. And it comes with fun of, you know, trial and error, but you have to spend some time with yourself and your imagination and understandably so, the things that you wanna talk about. Now, this is crazy and I never even thought about this until I was on my way back uh, to my place. And I was like, yo, what conversations would I have with people? Like, <laughs> not in the nonsensical term, but yeah, in very literal standpoints, like what of things of substance in my life vicariously do I have to bring the all that they don't already know? Like everything I'm just accentuating and touching upon things that they already know. I'm a black man. Oh, wow. There's, you know, tons of black people all over the world. Oh, wow. You're poor. Oh, wow. That's great. You got money. Oh, wow. You like hip hop. You and a bajillion other people. Oh, you like anime too? Yeah, um, a lot of people like anime too. You say you're a nerd? Oh, wow, that's exciting. I heard that before. What else? And I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, damn. <laughs> like, fuck, what else do I have to bring? Like, is it, you know, a sense of comedy? Do I have, you know, some Larry David where I could like, break it down to other people what it is like to be a black man in 2022 and not make it so much you know uncle ruckusy like can i make it like <laughs> oh, shouts out to uh mcgruber and i think that's how you pronounce his name the guy who created the boondocks it, it's really like i'm thinking like these are billionaires who have put in the work who have leverage of their standpoint, who concentrated on their brand, who make money in their sleep, who have made mutual investments and in things I can't even pronounce, and you know, accrued a thousand dollars before this podcast is over, like in just taxes. I, it's insane. So now my mentality has changed where I'm, you know, observing and appreciating uh, these creative efforts and creative geniuses who have, you know, advanced and evolved into something that uh, becomes their own private entity and corporation. And I appreciate that because at first the leverage was all upon the corporation and this company that stood. And now, you know, the artists are like, well, hmm. Mm, you wouldn't be there in this chair with this conversation in the paper on the table if I didn't say anything and if my content wasn't there. So now I'm upping the numbers because if my content isn't there, we're not even having this conversation. 
And essentially, that is, from a business standpoint, the way that it should have always been. But now it's becoming more prolific. And so if I was sitting with, you know, somebody like Jay-Z and uh, <laughs> Kevin Hart or the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know what I'm saying? These are uh, people who are held up as a high standard of accomplishments and overall just their, their crafts and, you know, made people uh, their jobs and I guess they just, you know, etched their way into history and our, our minds and the entertainment industry from that. So this is something not trial and error. This is something tried and true. And, you know, from years and years and years and years and years of grinding, years and years and years of years of doing things and grunt work, years and years and years of years, like I've seen all of these uh, careers uh, from my standpoint and how they burgeon into these million, million dollars, billion dollar industries. So I would sit there, you know what I'm saying, sit at the table. Obviously, I'd be like, yo, um, first and foremost, not to be Bob Marley-like, but uh, <sighs> can we smoke weed here? I feel more comfortable. I don't know. It's not bougie or anything like this. I don't want to get to 90 years old and be considered bourgeoisie, but I feel offended if I can't smoke weed here. And then afterwards, after I light up, I'll be like, you know, you guys can do anything in, in the world, like <laughs> anything in, in, from the aspect of creating something, you know, if they wanted to do a nonprofit, if they wanted to write a book, if they wanted to go across the world, if they wanted to go to space, if they wanted to do anything in this world, they have the liberty of doing so. And I'm just like, well, um, your imagination is your plaything now and, you know, accessing these things, the level of living has changed. <laughs> like from the beginning of your life to the ending of your life. And so you've got people fanning you like fanboying grown men with muscles. <laughs> like fanning over you like, you know, asking for autographs, trying to take pictures with you type deal. And it's not even to have, you know, the quintessential cliche, you know, questions like, hey, how does that impact your life? Or, you know, how have you have to live privately and all these things like this. It comes from someone who, you know, very brazenly has a case of the wits. And that would be me. <laughs> trying to do the Black Larry version of the Black Larry David version and, you know, uh, play it off and, you know, like, oh, that's cool, that's, that's Jay-Z's about to spend $50,000 on, you know, the table over there, that's kind. Oh, hey, guy, you about to spend $100,000. Oh, you just made a million over at that table. That's cool. Was that a bet? Were you on an online bet or did you just own the building? Like, it's just... Certain things that have a different level of comprehension in your mind that have like blown other things into considerations for other people. So for me, <laughs> I, if you've ever seen, you know, Larry David and his television show, you gotta appreciate how he always is himself 110%. That man is not my uncle. Uh, friend Leibowitz is my aunt. Larry David, he probably disowned me. <laughs> He'd be like, 
what part of this is funny? Like, am I supposed to laugh? Like, <laughs> like, yo, if, if anything, my whole version of existing in that world of billionaires and gazillionaires of whatever is that I don't care. They could have however much money in the world and I wouldn't go purposely trying to diss anybody. I would go and purposefully try to make them smile from the ingenuity of somebody flabbergastedly not caring about all of what they have. <laughs> all of your accolades. Like, that, that's good, that's, that's grand, that's amazing. You got diamond rings, done many things, closing multi-million dollar deals, but hey, um, how was that game yesterday? Did you play good? Did you, you know, listen to some good music? Did you like a new CD you heard? I don't know, were you swimming yesterday? Were you like chilling? Like how's life progressed? Like well, just to snap someone out of the usual questions that you would usually have. And this isn't like a business trader insider thing or some shit like that where I'm looking to get new information. It's essentially breaking down uh, the fourth walls of what someone has uh, placed on themselves and then what other people inundate uh, these images with. And so I'll end with this statement and say that, you know, the conversation piece and how one looks at themselves as a writer, you essentially, and this is very, very important, and the last thing that I'll say on this podcast is that you have to envision yourself as the writer, as the creator, as the content maker, and going through the motions of doing so from start to finish. That's step number one. Any writer, any writer in hearing range, if you are saying you're a writer and people are laughing at you and people are looking down on you and people don't believe in whatever you have as a vision, that's not your job to convince them Essentially, you want your work to do that. They shouldn't be like paying attention to your personal life and how many you know babies, mamas you got, and all that stuff like that. No, 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 no. Let yourself and your end result be the the thing that basically stands for all that you do. So that's all. This is V, aka Vernon English. Once again, pep talk for any writers out there. I got more for you. Trust me. This is for somebody who's like really thinking about like not writing and like just going along with it and just forgetting about it or making it a side project or a plan B or something like that. No, no, that doesn't even sound right. Plan B, what? Anyway, this is V aka Vernon English, peace.